And now, Jalen and Jacoby. Where the fuck is Trump? Head to dead. Gotta give us what we want. Uh, gotta give us what we need. Worry about my posse getting jumped. Cause if we ever do, yo TV pop the trunk. Cause we make a pop the trunk and hit the switch. Now act stupid, I'll pop the trunk. <laughs> give me a He is Jalen Rose. What up, doll? I'm David Jacoby. And on the cool check-in. Send the stage on. The mic. And we're putting it on wax. It's the new stuff. We're Jalen Jacoby. What do we, we do? We give the people what they want. Free agency rumors and reports and potential league changing information is all over the show today. Cannot wait to get into it. But first, more importantly, Jalen Rose, where are you doing the pod from today? I'm doing the pot from the Jalen Rose Leadership Academy, a school that my brother, David Jacoby, ran a marathon to benefit, mm. that he saved me in the lightning round at Family Feud yep. in order to achieve us getting a check. Yep. I get so much support from my ESPN family, my NBA family, and so many people that have dedicated their time, their energy, and their money to see this vision happen. And as a tuition-free public charter high school, it all matters. Jalen, I've only spent, those things that you mentioned, that was four hours and nine minutes at the marathon and about two hours at Family Feud. (laughs) That's six hours of my life. That's nothing, man. You spent years and years and years on this. Years and years. I see you on the conference calls. I see you getting the emergency calls with problems. You're talking about every single detail of this school. The sweat equity, the time, the energy, and the money that you've put into this project means a lot just to me and our audience, but more to the children that it affects. I one time had the honor of attending the graduation of that school two summers ago, and you always mention how many students you guys have graduated, right? And you bring that up a lot, but one thing I learned at that graduation is it's not just the students that are directly touched by your work. It's the families, too. You know, it's not just the kids that walked across that stage that was so impressive and emotional to watch. It was the people in the seats, the families, the parents, the aunties and uncles, the siblings standing and cheering as those diplomas were handed out that really resonated with me the effect that that school has on the community. Absolutely. And that's the key word, community. And so oftentimes we hear the term that it takes a village. And that's actually what this is. So many people that have sacrificed and lended their vision in order for this to happen. I was literally sitting at this year's graduation, Jacoby, thinking about the fact that normally when you set out to do something, you hope that it gets completed. You don't Mm -hmm. know if it's going to get completed. I remember being down on my knees and elbows, spinning on my head, praying that I made it to the NBA one day. And then all of a sudden, I'm standing on the stage with a red and white suit, shaking David Stern's hand. This was my moment. As I see seniors from high school walk across the stage to get their diploma. And we also have college graduates from JRLA standing on the stage, speaking to them about their journey. When you walk into a room and you're not a lifetime educator and you say, it's great that we're going to start a school without a feeder. We went the toughest route. No feeder school. Didn't Mm -hmm. have a big blank check. We're open enrollment. We're tuition free. We're public charter. We don't test students in for ninth grade. We don't test them out after ninth grade. We're... We also cater to special needs students as well. And so for that dynamic to play itself out, and I propose that we stagger the enrollment initially. So instead Mm -hmm. of starting the school and having 400 kids in the building, 9 through 12, I have to convince some lifetime educators that we should only start with ninth grade. 
because I didn't want to sign up or agree to something with the parents, the families, and the students that I didn't think that we could achieve, especially right. when 90% of the students we were getting weren't doing math or reading at a ninth grade level. I didn't want to have 11th and 12th graders reading at a sixth grade level, promising them that I was going to get them to college. I needed eight years to build out a model. So it was only nine, then nine, 10, nine, 10, 11, then nine through 12 to build out the culture. And so now for those ninth graders to go on and some have already graduated college and others still will do it. It's an amazing achievement. Got a lot more work to do. We'll be doing yep. some fundraising for the school and we'll let the audience know how they can support. Well, obviously, you can go to jrladetroit.com. It won't be hard to find a way to support there. And also, one thing I want to say is a personal anecdote. A personal anecdote is I had the honor of, of touring the facility and sort of, you know, being there and seeing it and seeing the students. And while I was there, and this really happened, graduates that were in universities in the area came back to the high school just to visit. I saw it. I don't know if you remember these. I think it was two or three young women they were, they were graduates. They just happened to come back just because they wanted to talk to the counselors, talk to the teachers that they had relationships with. And do you know how many times I've done that with my high school, J-Ro? Nope, nope. <laughs> do you know how many times? How many times have I done that to my high school? How many times have I visited no. my high school just to talk to people? None. How many times Not have you done it, Rich? Never even thought about it. Never even thought about it. So that was, just a, that was a real testament to just what you know, what relationships are being built in that yep. building. Yep. But Jalen, we have some big news regarding the Rockets and Jimmy Butler. Woj, as he does this time of year, drops some information that the Rockets are focused on bringing Jimmy Butler into Houston. However, Bobby Marks kind of broke down how this would happen. And Woj kind of broke down how it happened. It would take two of these three players, Eric Gordon, Clint Capella, and PJ Tucker, and some other salary maneuvering. And Bobby Marks got into the details so far that said it would also take a third team. So my first question for you is how realistic is it that this could actually happen? One thing makes it realistic. If Jimmy Butler goes to the Philadelphia 76ers and says, I'm not re-signing, that's what makes it realistic. The Houston Rockets have been trying to acquire Jimmy Butler since he was in Minnesota. They allegedly offered four first-round picks to get him at that point in time. He goes to Philadelphia. We saw how he fit with Tobias and Embiid and Ben Simmons. I believe the better fit would be with James Harden, CP3, in Houston, Texas. No state income taxes. That's a large haircut when you're making the kind of money that he's making if you could get that kind of bread and it not be taxed by the government. See, Jalen, I disagree. And I understand from a basketball standpoint, from an analytics standpoint, why this would be a good fit. But there's already reported tension between James Harden and Chris Paul, right? And we've detailed on this show a lot of the reasons why that might be the case. And then we know Jimmy Butler's history. We know what happened in Minnesota. We know that he can be a little prickly. There was one report about him and Brett Brown going back and forth about his role in the offense and his role in the team. Don't you think that this would just be a chemistry nightmare with James Harden, Chris Paul, and Jimmy Butler all on the same team? Not at all. First off, they're professionals, they're veterans. Each of them want to secure a championship. The West is clearly wide open without the Golden State Warriors being healthy. And a guy like Jimmy Butler is almost like a missing piece for Houston if you look at the construction of their roster. Number one, I like Clint Capella as a screener, as a rim roller, as somebody that can catch lobs, finish at the hoop, block a couple of shots. But in the playoffs, not a game-changing type of player. So, number one, you're getting off of his contract. That's the first thing that you're doing. The other thing is what P.J. Tucker has been able to provide and establish himself as somebody that's a knockdown shooter in the corner, but also a defensive toughness and tenacity. Jimmy Butler brings that. Plus, he can dribble pass and shoot and make clutch shots late. And you need people, I've been saying this, that James Harden respects since all of these guys are peers. It's not like Jimmy's older than them like he was with the players in Minnesota. I want to see James Harden function off the ball. 
Jimmy Butler and Chris Paul allows him to now do that with a level of autonomy. That's smart. Now, just from a, like an actual back, basketball X's and O's standpoint, because it feels like you've got Chris Paul and James Harden, both of which are, are like the ball in their hands, like to initiate the offense they create for their teammates or for themselves. How does Jimmy Butler fit into that equation in Houston offensively? Offensively, he fits because he scores from all phases. And he's mm-hmm. an underrated catch-and-shoot player. He can also play in the post. I talked about this in an article with the New Yorker. Shout I out. talk about it on this program all of the time. Houston Rockets, to me, became when keeping it analytics went wrong. They took it a little bit too far because sometimes you got to allow players to mix up their games. If defensively, I know you're going to be at the three line or at the hoop. These guys are too athletic. The coaches are too smart. The players are too disciplined. They're going to contest your three-point shots. So this idea that a contested three is better than an uncontested two, you must not have watched the Toronto Raptors this year. They took the open shot. That's why they won the championship. So for a guy like Jimmy Butler, he can play mid-range. He can play in the post. Mike D'Antoni would have to allow that to happen, which would unlock their offense to where it doesn't have to become so stagnant. And then in the big games, you don't miss 27 threes when you need them the most. Well, one thing I think that Houston is lacking a little bit of is just like defensive intensity players. They've got P.J. Tucker, right, who brings so much on that end of the floor. And one thing I do like about this potential deal is Jimmy Butler is that as well. He plays defense. My question for you is this, though. We talk about these three players, Eric Gordon, Clint Capella, and P.J. Tucker. If you were the Rockets, which two would you be most willing to give up to bring in Jimmy Butler? Definitely you can take Capella. Yep. First and foremost, for his contract, and you hope that you can find a big that does what he does. And I like Clint Capella, but he hasn't been big in the playoffs. The other guy would have to be Eric Gordon. Now, I know you're going to miss his catch and shoot. But, however, if you can put out there defensively, Chris Paul, still one of the tops at his position, can get stops when he needs to. Jimmy Butler, along with Tucker, you're basically switching everything on the perimeter in the era of positionless basketball. And James Harden, while he'll never be an all-NBA defender, can defend players when they're trying to crab dribble and back him down on the post does a good job of getting deflections and gambling for steals so i like it defensively and look at the landscape of the west utah is going to be really stout defensively people should start talking about adding conley with spider mitchell and rudy gobert defensive player of the year okay so now the other team is denver they were number two seed i want to see what happens with michael porter jr if he resembles yeah. one of the best players in last year's draft, like I project, he might be rookie of the year this season. How about that? And then the other known suspects, clearly the Houston Rockets are going to be in the mix. The Lakers and the Clippers are going to be in the mix as well. It's going to be great theater. I hope Portland Trailblazers get a chance to add somebody in the offseason also. Yeah. Well, Mark Stein has some new information, which I found really intriguing, Shout about out. a gentleman by the name of Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker qualified for the Supermax when he made an all-NBA team, which means that Charlotte can offer him more money than anybody else by far. However, Mark Stein is saying that both the Celtics and the Mavericks are interested in Kemba's services. I find this to be an interesting decision for Kemba. Do you take the money and the roster that's sort of like less enticing to play with, or do you leave and join two teams that have really interesting young cores and try to play point guard there. What do you think about the potential of Kemba deciding to leave Charlotte for either Boston or Dallas? Kemba Walker has been so good in Charlotte, though they've been irrelevant as it relates to a consistent playoff pitcher or being one of the top teams in the conference, that he still has become a perennial all-star. He still made all-NBA. Now, I voted for Klay Thompson for that spot for the reasons I just said. So if you're Kimba, it's hard to walk away from the big dollars, but you got to play the marathon game here. Go to a better team. Get in a better situation. Once you start winning, you're going to get paid again, again, 
And again, yep. and if you look at his herky-jerky style, his ability to not only shoot the three off the dribble, but finish at the hoop and play in all areas, he'll be able to get his money and play for a really long time. And I mm-hmm. think those two situations, look at Boston. Isaiah Thomas thrived. Kyrie Irving was all NBA. Terry Rozier thrived. I would pay Terry Rozier, but not Kimball Walker type money. Nope. So if you're going to allot that money, I would give it to Kimba, and that would be a good landing spot for him. The other team, the Dallas Mavs, what about a backcourt with Luka Doncic? Woo! Woo. I, be it, it immediately becomes, like, maybe not the best, but the most interesting backcourt to watch in the NBA. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. And then Porzingis is going to be a 20-point scorer that gets a handful of boards and gets a couple of blocks, and he's going to remind a lot of people of Dirk running up and down the floor in that uniform. I like those scenarios better for Kimba Walker than re-signing in Charlotte and just making sure he got top dollar. Very quickly, Jalen. Kemba Walker calls your phone and says, I'm leaving Charlotte. I'm going to pick one of these two teams. Which one should I pick? Quickly, what do you tell him? I tell him, go to Boston. I tell him, go to Dallas. Because, no, because Porzingis is still an unknown, Jacoby. He's coming off an injury. You still haven't seen him play. Like, one of the things that the Knicks had to decide is they had a disgruntled player who said he didn't want to be there, wasn't traveling with the team, wasn't showing up in meetings. The contract that the Mavs offered him, the Knicks couldn't offer that to him this offseason. And so the Mavs, once you acquire him, you clearly got to double down and pay him. So I believe in him, but I still have to see it. I know what's happened in Boston, and they have more assets. They traded a first-round pick to get Luka. Celtics have first-round picks, plus Tatum, plus Brown. You don't have to gut your roster to add him. I like him better in Celtics. And also, I like him better in the Eastern Conference. Good point. It's time for News That Matters. Jalen, very quickly, you and I are both very happily married into power couples. But there is a lot of people that date online and what they, they don't really know where they stand. Well, Once is an app in the UK where users rate the attractiveness of other users. And with all of that information, you end up getting like a, a pretty honest rating of where you stand in the scale of your peers when it comes to how attractive you are. Do you think this is a good idea? And would you sign up if you were a young single man? I think it's a good idea for those that live that life. But Mm -hmm. again, this continues the brain drain that I see taking place in the world. Technology heightens, yet the standards continue to be lower and lower and lower. A relationship is about chemistry. Okay. And if I have an app telling me how hot somebody is, that's almost like a scouting report. But how hot you are going to print. I don't need an app to tell me how hot I am. I know I'm fly. Okay. That's Who why do you I'm think rates app. better in the app? Who rates better in the app? You or me? Look at his I face. I think you'll Look rate better face. on the app. Thank you. You'll rate Thank better you very on the much. app. Thank you for admitting it. I never thought you would you say, will, I'm so happy. You'll rate better on that app and on Uber app. It's time to give the people what they want. Buying a couch is a strange experience. You go to the store. You like a couch, you look at the price, you're like, what? And let's say you find something that you like. Maybe even you and your partner both decide on something, compromise. You pick out the color. You talk to the salesperson. You finally get to the decision. You look at the price. You decide, all right, I can afford this. And then you say, hey, I want that. And they're like, cool, cool, cool. We'll deliver it to your house. In three months. It's just such a strange experience. It needs to be upgraded and guess what it has been. It's been upgraded by Burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W, Burrow Couches. They have a clever design, easy to set up, easy to move, easy to add and remove seats as needed. Burrow sofas feature naturally scratch and stain-resistant fabric. Very important when you have young children. Sturdy hardware frames and soft, non-toxic foam cushions. There's even a USB charger in the couch. If you don't have a USB Charger in your couch. Are you really living in 2019? You need a Burrow sofa. They're customizable. You can pick one of five fabric colors, three leg finishes, two armrest styles, and they now have the Nomad Leather Collection. At Burrow, 
One week shipping is always free. They stand by their furniture with a risk free 30 day return period. So not only will you get your couch faster, not only will it be a high quality couch, you can return it risk free for in 30 days. Give your living room the upgrade it deserves with a burrow sofa. And now you get $75 off a new sofa and free one week shipping by visiting burrow.com slash Jacoby. That's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash Jacoby. Get that new sofa, upgrade your life, get the USB charger and your sofa and $75 off. Burrow.com slash Jacoby. Jalen Rose, Woj, he's got another one. This time it's about Kawhi. Let's listen. The guy we haven't talked about, Kawhi Leonard. Um, it seems like it's a two-team race. Is that is that fair at this point? Yeah. Toronto, the Clippers, and listen, I think they've kept their eye on the Lakers and what that's going to look like. The Lakers, financially, can they get to what number are they going to get to in free agency in terms of cap space? Interesting. Interesting. Um, we knew it was some sort of maybe potential for him to join the Lakers, but how realistic do you think it is that have AD, LeBron James, and Kawhi Leonard on the same team? Not gonna be able to do it! It's not gonna go down like that. Kawhi Leonard is gonna beat to his own drum, especially after playing nine games, dealing with the slander of fans and media, and even some of his teammates questioning whether he could play or not, getting traded in the offseason, going to Toronto in the final year of his contract, and winning the championship without a lottery pick on the team. He's not going to go to Los Angeles and all of a sudden be second or third wheel, depending on what day it is. And also, if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, again, you can't turn down the opportunity to recruit Kawhi Leonard but he's not going. We've talked about this all year. Either he's going to stay in Toronto or he's going to go to the Clippers, who outplayed expectations. They have Bomber. They have the legend, Jerry West, who continues to thrive as probably the greatest general manager of all time. They have Doc Rivers. They were a sixth seed. They did some amazing things. If he leaves the Raptors, it will be for the Clippers. Well, this may influence his decision. All indications are that Masai Ujiri, the sort of brains behind the Raptors operation, is going to stay in Toronto. How does that affect the franchise and how does that affect Kawhi Leonard's decision? Oh, a ton. It affects it a ton because a lot of people could talk to Kawhi about the ability to build a championship. He's the only one that can show him that he did it together. That's a lot different. Also, I want to put a couple of things out there that people need to consider. Ooh. Playing in the Eastern Conference and taking 21, 22 games from low management, the team was able to hold it down and go 17 and four, something like that. I don't see that happening in the West. If he's going to miss 20 games, whatever team he plays on, unless he joins LeBron and AD, they won't be a number one or two seed because he's missing a large portion, 20, 25% of the season during the regular season. So now it lowers your playoff seeding and makes the road a lot tougher. So Masai showed him, the teammates showed him, the medical staff showed him, and the fans rolled out the red carpet like only the nation of Canada can do for the King of the North. I think that's a really good point that you make, that if he were to join a Western Conference team like the Clippers and he were to take as many games off as he did last year, they would not be as successful without him as the Raptors were, and that would have playoff implications. That's a very interesting point, Jalen Rose. Now, we talk about the Lakers potentially adding Kawhi Leonard. I don't think that's going to happen, and that would take up basically all of their cap space, and they would have to you know, fill out the rest of their roster with some players that may not be at the top of the heap in the NBA in free agency. Now, there are some rumors of some players that they have been looking at to fill out their roster, and they're very interesting. Jalen I can't believe I'm saying this. Some names that have popped up are, wait for it, J.R. Smith and Carmelo Anthony. What? Do you think this is a good idea? Do you think this might actually happen? I don't think it's a good idea. I think it's a great idea. Oh, because what? what? Yes. No, no doubt about it. Because did you see J.R. Smith play basketball last year? No. I, I saw him on exactly. Chris Brickley's Instagram feed. 
Exactly. You know that he's going to be a heat check type of score. And he's already gotten his money, already won a championship with LeBron. He's also a clutch sports client, so he knows the in and outs of what they're trying to get done. Carmelo Anthony, even though he didn't work in Houston and probably didn't live up to expectations in OKC, he can be a guy that could get hot and score 10 points in a playoff game in a quarter or maybe have 20 points in a playoff game. That can take place. And did you see him playing ball after he left the Houston Rockets last year? Well, a couple things, Jalen. I have seen both of these players play extremely well in the past year, but they've been on Chris Brinkley's Instagram feed in empty gyms. Also, I do remember the last time J.R. Smith played basketball with LeBron James pretty well, and we all know what happened then. We all know what happened in game one of those finals, and we know that J.R. Smith is sort of a – just to put it lightly, a hit or miss kind of a player. And sometimes when you say, have I seen these players play basketball? Sometimes there's a reason for that. You say he didn't live up to expectations in OKC. He didn't. And we all know that he was on the Rockets for like three weeks. There's probably a reason for that too. So what makes you think that after those sort of failed experiments last year and all that time off, that they still should be added to a Lakers roster, which are probably building young players with energy to play defense instead of older players. They're just friends of LeBron James. First off, Melo is a Hall of Famer. The Knicks should Fact. retire his number. Fact. And the one thing about him playing in Houston, you knew it wasn't going to work in the preseason when he pumped fake the three-point shot, took a two-point shot, Made it and apologized. (laughs) You knew right there that that wasn't going to work. He's a guy that likes to mix up his game and score. And I know he's not a lockdown defender. But here's what you got to allow the team to do. Become LeBron James' personality. See, it's more than just allowing LeBron to be great. It's allowing him to flourish with guys that understands what makes him tick. He don't have time to learn new people and learn new players on and off the floor. Jared Smith won a championship with him. Melo is his right-hand man. I think they both still have some minutes left in them in the NBA. And I want to see Melo leave where it's not so unceremonial. It doesn't have to be what Dwayne Wade was able to do. But for a guy that accomplished so much, I didn't like to see him go out like that. And lastly... Those guys are going to be desperate because they didn't play last year. It's almost like they did with the coaching staff. People question hiring Frank Vogel and then hiring Jay Kidd and Lionel Hollins. I like that. You know why? Those two guys were out of the league. They weren't interviewing for jobs and then all of a sudden the Lakers hired them. It's a chance for them to get back in the league. And that's what I see with J.R. Smith and Melo being added to this Lakers roster. I anticipate that it will happen. I want it to happen for the entertainment purposes. And also, if I'm Rob Palenka, I'm saying, LeBron, who do you want? He's like, get these guys. Okay, cool. Then I'll call their agents and I'll say one thing. Veteran minimum, not a penny more. Veteran minimum only. That's what, yeah. that's what, that's what you're being offered right now. Cause they do have to fill out that roster with not too much cap space after paying for Anthony Davis. Next, Andre Iguodala was on a show that you've been on before, The Breakfast Club, and he talked about a lot of things. But one of the things that was most interesting was his description of his experience with an injury during the playoffs with Golden State. Here's what he had to say. I missed the last three games of the Houston series. This was last year. It goes to game seven, and we barely get out of the series. And now they're looking at me like, when are you coming back? And I had a fractured leg. But it's being put out there like he's got a bone bruise. And I'm like, no, it's fractured. So I'm fighting with the team. I'm fighting with the people. I'm fighting with the media. And my teammates ask me every day how I'm feeling. So with Durant, he's getting it from everywhere, too. Interesting. It sounds familiar, doesn't it, Jalen Rose? Well, one thing that should be noted is Nick Friedel. He had some information. He spoke with people. And the Warriors are saying that no information gets out without the player and the player's agent co-signing it. Take that as you will. But Andre Iguodala said exactly what he said. How do you feel about Andre Iguodala's description of his experience with an injury in the playoffs and what happened with Kevin Durant? 
What he's describing is basically two separate things that after this comments and what we saw happen with KD and Kawhi, I'm going to get to him, is going to basically boil back to two things. Either misreporting, which in an era of gambling when it's legal can be something that's not good for the game and or malpractice. So let me get this right. We both understand that I have a bone bruise, but you're going to tell the other players on the team and the media that I have a bone bruise, but I really have a fractured leg. That's few and far between based on the information that should be getting delivered from a professional franchise. And by the way, I got a couple of examples for you. Isaiah Thomas. Remember the Celtics were the number one seed in the East and he was averaging 28 points? Of course. Well, his injury got misdiagnosed. And before you know it, he's in Cleveland. A couple of teams later, he's in Denver, barely playing minutes on a number two seed. How about Kawhi Leonard, who had to endure the noise of playing nine games his final year in Toronto? Got traded to the Raptors, ended up beating the Golden State Warriors primarily because Kevin Durant was injured. I told everybody that his workout did not go well on any level on Friday. There's no way he could have been cleared on Monday. And yes, it probably was acknowledged as a calf injury. But if you ever saw him walk with ice on, it looked like it was on his Achilles. Mm -hmm. So what Andre Iguodala is exposing something that we've already been saying, and it's kind of been whispered off wax. So now it's official because he said it. Yeah, I mean, there is that detail that his agent and himself had to sign off whatever information the Warriors put out. Fine. Take that as you will. But the fact that he's going and speaking into a microphone and and sort of echoing something that happened to him to something that happened to Kevin Durant is an indication of a sort of lack of 100% faith and trust between the organization and the player when it comes to injuries and how they're handled and how they're put out there. And my question for you is this, Jalen. Like, Andre Iguodala is not a rookie. He's a veteran. He's known for his basketball IQ and his intelligence off the court. He knows what he's doing. Why do you think he would say this right now during this summer with Kevin Durant about to become a free agent? Because he feel bad for KD. He saw his brother try to get out there knowing that if the Warriors were up 3-1, KD wouldn't have played. They were Mm. trailing 3-1. So he saw him get out there knowing that he hasn't necessarily had a full practice with him. And so he saw he got injured a lot worse, and it's going to cost him a season. So that now, as a player, emboldens you to speak your truth, and especially when it's with the same team. It's not like they played on different teams and they're sharing this information. They play on the exact same team. And so while we're talking so much, and rightfully so, about poor teams or losing teams when they have a level of dysfunction, we're starting to see some splintering with the Golden State Warriors. You have a 7% owner push Kyle Lowry and get suspended by the NBA. We're talking about this Kevin Durant news. Andre Iguodala also talked about Mark Jackson being blackballed by the Warriors that led a domino effect throughout the league. And we're talking about these players' injuries that level of transparency doesn't seem to exist like it should. Well, Vegas has a way of knowing things. And they have odds of where Kevin Durant is going to play next year. Let's take a look at Caesar Sportsbook odds of where KD is going to play. Oh, who's the favorite? By more than I would expect... The Brooklyn Nets. Jalen, we always talk about him staying with the Warriors. You talk about him going to the Knicks. Does this indicate to you that Kevin Durant could be headed to the Nets and possibly bring Kyrie Irving along with him? Vegas builds expensive casinos constantly by getting this stuff right and scooping up all of our money when we feel like we're going to go there and get rich quick and try to gamble it. It's happened before. those odds continue to lend toward him going to the net. But I'm going to keep saying what I said. If you need to go there to join with Kyrie Irving based on your injury, I understand that. If he had not gotten hurt, I almost believe if he was leaving the Warriors, it wasn't going to be for the Nets. Because when you leave the Warriors, 
You're walking away from winning. You're walking away from the money. When you go to New York, you gotta be on the big stage. And that's MSG. Brooklyn just got a team a couple of years ago. The, the Knicks fans have been storied over decades. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. It will be. It's just more torturous news for Knicks fans. Yeah. Well, that's some pretty solid information about Kevin Durant and speculation about where he's going to go. But right now we have some unfounded, irresponsable oh, no. speculation about free agent Kevin Durant update. Kevin Durant didn't post this, but Tony Durant did. Let's take a look at what Kevin Durant's confidant and brother, Tony Durant, posted on Instagram. It's a picture of him, self, and his brother. Where are they, Jalen Rose? They're in New York City. Does this definitely, positively, without a doubt, 100% confirm that he will be playing for the Knicks or the Nets next season? Well, see, this is broken news. Because everybody knows once he got injured, the team flew back to Golden State, and he flew to New York City. Mm -hmm. So we knew that that's where he went. The doctors were. He felt like he was getting the treatment that he wanted. And Kevin Durant is an East Coast guy. He's put in work at Rucker Park getting buckets. So I am not surprised that he enjoying his off time in New York City. Because we know if he leaves the Warriors, that's the town he's going to be playing in, regardless of what team he chooses. My number one question is, if he's in New York, does he wheel himself into the club and still hang out with the boot on? That's really what I want to know. Is he going of to the door with the boot on yes. and wheeling yes. himself in there with yes. a little scooter? Yes. I want to yes. see that. Yes. He's still on the dance yes. floor with the scooter? That's what I want to know if that's going yes. down. Jalen, this isn't exactly surprising free agency news, but it's worth mentioning that it is now official. Kevin Durant has declined his player option and will become a free agent. We all kind of knew this was happening, but this is just another step in what will be a few steps that will bring Kevin Durant to a new team or keep him with the Warriors. What do you think about this news? The term that comes to mind is formality. And when you think about the string of events, basketball-wise, it served Kevin Durant amazingly to join the Warriors. Not only did they win two championships, but he was finals MVP. So it won't go down as he just rolled their coattail when they won 73 games before he arrived. Now you hear Andre Iguodala speak. You heard me talk about the fact that his workout didn't go well before game five. We all saw him get hurt in game six. What I'm saying about Kawhi Leonard and how the medical staff in Toronto is a plus. Now for Golden State, it seems to be a question mark. And guess mm. what you don't need while you're out next year with a torn Achilles? Question marks about Not. when you're going to return and or what your diagnosis is. And for people to feel like it's doom and gloom, those that watched this program saw a gentleman on the show yesterday named Mike Conley. I asked him the question. He returned from an Achilles injury and was actually better than he was putting up numbers after he got hurt. So KD can return. This is just a formality, however. I believe he ends up in New York City. Right now, it's time for Soft Mover Boss Move. Woj is reporting that if the Warriors don't offer Klay Thompson the absolute every penny of the max, that he will then show interest and maybe take a meeting with the Los Angeles Clippers. To me, this seems like him and his agent negotiating with the Warriors through the media. Negotiating with the Warriors through the media, soft move or boss move? Boss move, especially based on the fact that he's accomplished so much with that franchise. He's one half of the Splash Brothers. He not only has three championships, but for me, he was all NBA this year. He's become a terrific defender, one of the best shooters that the game has seen. He absolutely fits perfect on the floor with Steph Curry, and it's great that they seem to have that same type of camaraderie off the floor. He happened to get injured on a freak play, a dunk in the NBA Finals. Danny Green tried to contest the shot. He fell awkwardly. He's going to miss most of next year. The Golden State Warriors will not pump fake. 
They're going to make sure that they offer Clay to Max. Don't look for him to be anywhere. Don't listen to any speculation otherwise. I would be shocked if the Warriors did not offer Clay Thompson every penny of the Max deal. Moving on. Jim Harbaugh, your guy. He was spending time with his son, which is always a boss move. They were doing other things like playing a little wiffle ball in the backyard. And let's just take a look at what went down. You knocked the phone right out of my hand. He made some you good contact. Little fella, he really is live drive up the middle. Soft move or boss move, right nailing right your dad with a comebacker. It's always a boss move when you can shoot the pitcher and it happens to be your dad and it's a wiffle ball and it's not a hard ball and therefore nobody needs to go to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it so much. Great contact, great swing, really good contact, right in the sweet spot in the bat. I, I, you know what? I'm sorry. The Detroit Tigers have just drafted that child. They've drafted him. They've got a minor league contract. He's going to go to the University of Michigan and potentially bring them what I hope will be another championship after this evening. We'll get to that later. Right now it is time for some really interesting news in the world of the Olympics. Huh. The Olympics have just taken the first of what would be a few steps to get a new sport into the 2024 games. Would you like to know what that sport is, Jalen Rose? It is the sport Absolutely. of breakdancing. Adding breakdancing to the Olympics. Soft move or boss move? Ultimate boss move. I don't mean to go 1973 cool Herc right here or showing my age with the message and all of the hip hop that started and rap music in the 70s. But breakdance was a key force behind what made rap music so very popular. That's why they call break dancers because they were dancing to the break beats that were being played at the club. They're just as important as the DJ, as the MC, as graffiti. So absolutely, hip hop has become so very mainstream that people actually figured out that it sells products. How about that? And everywhere you look, in entertainment and in sports, rap music and hip hop is prevalent. And for somebody like myself that grew up breakdancing, watching Beach Street every day and wild style and breaking and pop locking and trying to do the turbo and ozone with the broom and order the breakers only mat for the backyard and take it down. It had no doubt about it. It had the eyes out, what you put over your head, you wrap it around your waist, so you want to do the head spin. Come on, man. Break dancing crab. The, the the 1990 flare, all of that. And it's hard, too. It's one thing that be doing it when you're a teenager. But once you start to get older, you realize how athletic and strong and versatile you really need to be to do a lot of those moves. Hip-hop has become so mainstream that I have a prediction. If this does become an Olympic sport, the United States will not take the gold. That's where we are in the world now. Like, the United States will not win the gold if this becomes an Olympic sport. Remember, I said that. But we have to move on. Drew Brees is welcoming another star player to the city of New Orleans. And he gifted Zion Williamson, the first pick in the draft for the Pelicans, a jersey. Fine. But he wrote something on that jersey. And the message he wrote on that jersey was this. Quote, to Zion, passing the torch to you. Who dat? Putting pressure on the rookie. Soft move or boss move? Boss move. Drew Brees has become an institution in New Orleans. And I appreciate him welcoming Zion with open arms. That football and basketball camaraderie still exists. The two biggest stars, not only in New Orleans, but Zion has a chance to be a megastar in the NBA like Drew Brees is an elite quarterback in the NFL. But I got to put some respect on somebody's name and get left out of this conversation, Mr. Jacoby. He turns around and hand the football to Alvin Kamara every weekend. And I'm yep. telling you, you want to pass the, think about passing the torch to somebody? He's going to be in line, too, because he a game changer. There was some pretty big news from Woj about the Rockets and their pursuit of Jimmy Butler. 
Sounds like they are really made a priority of adding Jimmy Butler to their roster, which really mix up their starting five, which I find a little funny because it was just a couple nights ago when Daryl Morey was at the NBA Awards and he had this to say about their starting five. We're going to be the favorites in the West for sure. I mean, we were the best team down the stretch with that group, and that's without adding one more quality player like we're going to do. So most teams are scrambling to keep their starting unit together. We got ours going into next year. So. Is he just playing the media game by saying that we've got our starting five for next year? Or did he already know of that he was he probably going to Of course he's playing the media game. Yes, of course. you got to play the game because doing trades is like poker. And if the team feels like you don't have a lot of leverage, that's going to affect your ability to acquire and or trade guys. He's been trying to get Jimmy Butler paired with James Harden and Chris Paul since he was in Minnesota. Okay, he just was not able to get it done. Elton Brand did a great job of acquiring him in the final year of his contract along with Tobias to hope to entice him to stay. So if you are Dale Morey, I think moving off of Capella's contract, if you can, to add Jimmy Butler, I do it in a heartbeat. See, I completely disagree with that. I completely disagree. Like, usually we're not this far off on stuff. I just don't feel like Jimmy Butler, from a chemistry standpoint should be added to Chris Paul and James Harden. Chris Paul and James Harden are already kind of redundant. And Jimmy Butler, and then you're going to lose Clint Capella. Like, you got to sign a big. You're not going to get Busevich. It just seems to me like from a chemistry standpoint and a basketball standpoint, it's not going to work. And if you do do this deal, you save P.J. Tucker at all costs. If you're going to trade for Jimmy Butler, P.J. Tucker cannot be in that deal. It just can't work. We'll see. I will continue to we'll continue to talk about this one. Something tells me for quite some time. We will. And you know, I always do the distinction between skill bigs and will bigs. The skill bigs, they're big time uh, players that can dribble pass and shoot and shoot the three that you can't necessarily replace their productivity. The will guys can be replaced. It's Clint Capella. $90 $90 million better than JaVale McGee or DeAndre Jordan nope. oh, at I'll this take Jordan. point? Nope. Not $90 million better. But I don't think DeAndre Jordan's going to take That's the minimum. My, well, you're making my point. You're making my point. You're trying to get off of Capella's deal plus add Jimmy Butler feeling like you can find another big to replace what he does. Because when you had those three guys... You ain't going to have a big guy that's going to be getting a lot of touches on the post and in the paint anyway. Nope. Jalen Rose tonight, game three of the college championship. Deciding game between Michigan Hail and Vanderbilt. Who's going to win the game? Valiant. Hail to the victors. Hail, hail. Jay, we got to switch gears. We got to go to Too Hot for TV. Too, too, too hot for TV. Me and you had a like 10 to 15 minute debate about washcloths and toilet paper and all kinds of things that we probably shouldn't be discussing in the microphones. And I probably shouldn't make you discuss into a microphone at that wonderful educational establishment. But I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I want to talk about some the tweet storm that went out, I think it was over the weekend, where you're dissing Paul Pierce about Charmin, <laughs> and then Boogie gets involved, and then Blake Griffin gets involved. Now, pretty clearly, this was sort of a, a sponsorship kind of a deal. But why you got to do that? Why you got why, why you got to talk about Boo Boo on social media for the money? That check better have been right. Hey, man. <laughs> Shout out to Charmin. Shout out. Because <laughs> I didn't realize something. On this program, you being Kirkland for life, brought up the fact that they were coming with the gigantic rolls of toilet paper. On mm-hmm. NBA Countdown, Paul Pierce, and it's almost like me carrying the bat. He don't remember why he got in the wheelchair. He don't remember. <laughs> All he thought is that his knee was bothering him. He got in a wheelchair. I didn't even know they existed in basketball arenas before I saw him get in one. But that's my brother. And so... On Countdown, he also made mention to the fact that he had to do a number two, which is why he needed a wheelchair. And then you have certain people on Twitter taking a picture of his shorts and circling a little stain that he had on the back of the shorts. (laughs) Shout to Jason Concepcion. Trying to either discredit or credit it. 
So I'm pretty sure Charmin is like, yo. He had to be wearing white shorts that no day. No doubt. I'm pretty sure Charmin was like, we're going to get all of these really popular current NBA players to participate in a Hall of Famer like Paul Pierce. And then they see me talking about it every day with you. they like, we got to get him involved. And it was edgy. It was edgy. Because you if mean? you're fans of one of us, we took shots at each other. Yeah. I know. I saw that. Like, I started seeing see like, the Jalen Rose and Paul Pierce going back and forth on Twitter. Because people don't always understand that, like, hashtag Charmin partner means, like, you know, basically, it's kind of <laughs> like saying, look, like, this is an ad. That's, that's common in social media nowadays. But, you know, if, you, uh, if you're not hip to the game, you think that you guys are sitting there taking shots. And then Boogie gets involved. Next, you know, Blake Griffin's involved. I'm like, this is spiraling out of control. But, and you know what's crazy? I then have all of their followers and supporters trying to throw shots at me because they're they mad that I'm throwing shots at them. <laughs> <laughs> well... I'm glad that, that I remember you said once a month you're gonna you're gonna start firing back at people like you used to that you don't do anymore. I'm glad I'm glad that that wasn't the once a month that you chose because I don't need to hear that. Yeah, I don't need to hear that. And you know I thought I thought I thought further about that. And as a founder of a charter high school, and as a father, and I like as a husband, going. and as a professional, I ain't gonna beef down. I, it's hard I, to I ain't gonna get into the slums. Yo, it's hard to resist because people come after me. Sure, certainly just a small fraction of people that come after you. And sometimes they're just factually wrong or they're accusing me of saying something or doing something that I didn't do. And sometimes I want to fire back and you fix your fingers just to send that, hit that reply button. But I've, I, I think I can think I can confidently say I've never done it in about 10 years of being on Twitter. Never, ever once. It's hard. You know what else I've been doing? What's that? You know what else I learned? What's that? A couple of things. This is why I stopped clapping back maybe at least five years ago. I just didn't say it publicly. But uh, a lot of people just want to get a response from you. Mm -hmm. They actually cheerlead when you respond to them. Exactly. To their other followers. That's number one. And number two, the other thing I did since I was the Bill Russell of Twitter on purpose because I was trying to let people know that Coming on my timeline is like coming in my house. And if you slander somebody I love or me, then I'm going to block you. Over like the last five years, when I look down at my feet and I see people mentioning that I blocked them, which really means they in their feelings about me blocking them, I unblock them. And so that's what I've been doing like the handful of years. Each time I see somebody mention that I block them, I unblock them. Oh, you know what? Well, first of all, you won't see the mention that you block them unless you have. I'm confused about that. But people come to me being like, "Yo, Jalen has me blocked. Which can you help me out here?" They're like a lot of times, <laughs> this is how it works. Tell them this to, is every tell tweet. Them to just hit me. Yeah, I get it all the time. But you've got the block, dog. You know, I don't think I understand how this works. But he, they hit me. It goes the same way every time. Jalen has me blocked. I don't know what I did. Can you have him unblock me? Every time, every single time. <laughs> it's the same pattern. Yeah. Jalen has me blocked. I don't know what I did. Can you have him unblock me? And I want to reply and be like, tell, I know what you did. You me. wrote 81. I know what you did. You made a bad 81 joke five years ago. That's what you did. But here, here's the thing. Whatever you're trying to clown me about, it could be something I said on the air. It could be something I did as a player. Whatever you're trying to do to, you know, chastise me. I was a person that would look down and I could be like, hey, I want to send a shout out to my grandmother who just turned 100. And then somebody's reply might be something vulgar or disrespectful. So then I just block them. Yeah. There you go. That's all it is. Yeah. So a lot of times over the years, you kind of kind of look back in the mirror and be like, yeah, I am kind of tweeting him something that I probably shouldn't be saying to another adult. Nope. Yeah. So I've had a lot of people hit me and be like, you know what? I was wrong, though. I went too far. Jalen, so I've seen you mature. Up. I've seen you mature over these eight years in a lot of different ways. And your, your Twitter blocking and replying behavior is just one of those ways. Yeah. It is Wednesday. So we are, of course, going to celebrate the more superior gender of our species, the women on Women Crush Wednesday. And by doing so, we will take only female voicemails. Thank you so much for calling 98580-Jalen and leaving your voicemails for us. We will play them on the show just like this. Hi, Jalen and Jacoby. This is Danielle from Long Beach. 
Um, shout out Reg and all the rest of the staff. Shout out. I just had a quick uh, question and need a little bit of advice. So my boyfriend and I are starting in a um, co-ed rec basketball league next week, and he's pretty experienced. He plays in another league and plays pickup all the time. And I played one season in the eighth grade and am not that great. Um, and I just wanted to know what you guys think of the situation. You know, if, if it's a good idea that two competitive people play together in a relationship like that. Oh, and then also, um, if you could give us advice on what the, you know, the best thing to focus on for the team would be, um, so I can pass it along and hopefully we can get a couple W's. All right. I look forward to hearing from you guys and, uh, keep giving the people what they want. Thank you so much. Bye. Jalen, I'll take this one. You're the NBA expert. I'm the rec league basketball expert. I've got a lot of experience in rec league basketball. And I will say this. Regardless, playing on the same rec league basketball team, that's a boss move and makes you a power couple for sure. And my advice is this. Sometimes you get competitive. You mentioned you were competitive and Things feel like they're more important than they are. This isn't the NBA Finals. That's what Jalen played in. It's a rec league. Focus on fun. That should <laughs> always be the focus. Jalen, what are your thoughts? I don't think it's a boss move. Nope. I think it's the ultimate boss move. What? And I know Reggie would disagree, but yep. here's the thing. Especially if both of y'all can hoop a little bit, number mm-hmm. one, and or number two, Especially if both of y'all doing it so y'all can stay in shape. How many couples do you see work out together? They do it all of the time. It's just a different form of a workout. They're playing basketball. Boss move. Of course. I know you and Molly work out together. Who gets more tired first? Well, here's the thing. We work out together. The problem is she work out almost every day and I don't. <laughs> thank you so much for the call danielle appreciate you shout to you and your boyfriend we've got another female voicemail on this we love power couples thank you danielle hey jalen hey jacoby shout out to you reg hey i'm a new listener to the podcast i've only been listening for a few months now but i was turned on to the podcast by my son who is away serving a mission and so soft move or boss move, talking your mom into listening to your favorite podcast that you've listened to for years and giving you notes every week. I say boss move. So each week I listen and I take notes and laugh my guts out and enjoy your podcast every time that I get a new episode. And my son is enjoying your podcast through my emails. So thank you, Jalen and Jacoby, for all that you do. And keep giving the people what they want. And this is Mandy from Utah. And... Boss move. Shout out to Max G. Bye-bye. Mandy, I really appreciate that call. I mean, one thing that we always try to do is connect with our audience. You know, you guys listen to us so often, and you know me better than some of my best friends just by listening to the podcast. But it's great to hear that we're not just connecting with our audience. We're connecting mothers and sons with each other, especially when they're not around each other. And also, taking notes on the show is a boss move. Jalen Rose doesn't even take notes on anything that we've ever done on the show. (laughs) Thank you so much, Mandy, for the call. And big shout to your son, whose name I believe is Max. Shout out. Thank you for the support, Mandy. We definitely appreciate people like you who take the time and energy out of your day to share it with Jalen and Jacoby. And then for you to take it a step further and use it as a bonding experience with your son. Jacoby made up a word, cry easy. And that 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 level of support... Please continue to reach out to us. Please. We need your support. We want your support. Tell a friend to tell a friend to leave a voicemail and or check us out on the pod and or 2 p.m. every day on ESPN2. But our pod listeners are our most important ones. That's personal to us. There were years where we were doing the pod where it wasn't even in our contract. We never knew that we'd make it to this point. So we make sure we keep our pop the trunk audience happy with exclusive content like this and voicemails like yours make it worth it thank you so much danielle and mandy to all the other females that left us voicemails we will get to your voicemails we don't have the time today i want to thank them for calling i want to thank everybody involved 
that supports the Jalen Rose Leadership Academy. Jalen Rose, live from the Leadership Academy today and tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow. Why is that, Karis? We're, We're not done. We're not done. I love them. Speaking of the hobbits, let's talk about LeBron James. All I care about is my nipples. Seriously. <laughs>